Hi, you're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm joined by the amazing Olivia Heyman. Hello, everyone. We are so glad that we are talking about a topic that is often taboo in Enneagram work. Yes. It's all about parenting tendencies among individuals and couples of each type today. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be informative and also potentially a little bit, um, you know, hitting the nail on the head. Maybe a little, maybe a little too much, but you know what? Yes. We can all improve in areas, so it's yes. going to be a great, well-rounded episode. Absolutely. Tons of grace, and we found our way around the parenting taboo by talking about people who are <laughs> certain types and the way they parent versus yeah. parenting and typing our kids. Right, and right, so, right. Yeah. But I do want to give a quick caveat to that, that you might miss all your kids' years of growing and having fun with the Enneagram as a way of getting them to know themselves better if you don't at least lightly try to type them. So feel free to use that if your kids and you are comfortable to give a light like semi-typing or six-ish as we see on many of the different uh, Instagrams out there. But we also really today are just focusing in on, of course, what these parents do when they're certain types. So let's jump right into that. So Enneagram ones as parents, I have no worries about you producing kids that are very conscientious, uh, very sure of what is right in the world, and a great moral compass. I like that they will hear from you on how to be organized, and I like that they will hear from you on how to have some feelings, because you do go to feelings and thoughts, and I think you ones are amazing at having fun. I also want to let you guys know that I think your kids sometimes feel a burden of having a lot on their shoulders because you carry a heavy burden and a lot of work. So it's really important that you do incorporate that seven part of you and give them some fun or they will burn out. And I have a few examples of even before I knew Enneagram where people would tell me, for instance, PK kids, pastor's kids, or missionary kids, or people whose parents were Boy Scout or Girl Scout leaders that were really big in the organization, something where their parents were really big into making the world a better place like ones do. And they would say, as an adult, I'm so burnt out that I almost, you would say, okay, you're a total five if you could look back. And I don't know because you can't type others really officially. They have to do it themselves. But that's not even a bad thing. I love how we all develop into our types, but you don't want somebody to develop into a type because you were not healthy and well-rounded as a parent is what I'm really going for. And I felt like my friend was saying to me in that particular instance, you know, they just didn't connect with my emotional needs. So I stopped having any. And I also don't really participate in any of the events that they do now. And yet I can still hold them as a huge person of integrity in many ways. So I like to give you guys a view on what your kids might be saying later. And then I also work with a ton of kids, both in coaching as well as in in teaching. And I have kids who have one parents that I'm sure their parents are ones. And they tell me, you know, my parents are strict and they're loving. And it's important that you guys know that's okay for your kids to say you're strict and that you're loving. But if they can connect with you as well on an emotional level and you can understand their emotions and do something about that, 
that's so safe for your kids because not only then do they get the amazing moral compass and the hard work ethic and they understand that they can speak up when their needs need to be met um, and they can tell each other, hey, I, I need people to you know work hard because I'm a hard worker and my one parent taught me that. Um, that's all good. But if they're not able to go to emotions, they can you know end up with not just what I shared, but they can end up with all kinds of stuff. They can end up being that rebel kid who's always acting up, uh, usurping your authority when you're not around. And I don't find ones to be the absolute best for that because even though they like control, they can't always be in all situations. So sometimes their kids really pull the wool over and they're like doing things they don't know about. And um, they're shocked because they're like, that's so unexpected. I've been raising them so morally. But it's like, if you're really attending to and attuned with your own emotional needs and your kids' emotional needs, and you're aware of your anger and you identify it and you can occasionally apologize about it. And I do think the one has easy capacity to all of this, honestly. They just have to take the time for it and know that it's worth it. Then they're going to be like an amazing parent. So I'm really happy to know a lot of healthy one parents, but that's the ones I know that are super healthy, give a lot of grace, they have a lot of fun, and there's license for their child to share their opinion and talk about their feelings. And they say, okay, I'm gonna troubleshoot for, because they're a little like the sixes, what can I do? Because I know my child has needs that are going beyond even my understanding. And when a one knows that other people have different personalities, that helps their parenting so much because otherwise they think, this is all going to be mini me's. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they're kind of like shaping them in the way that they are versus letting them have their mm-hmm. own personalities. If you get too far into the, you know, controlling type, mm-hmm. um, I guess, lower levels of health. Of health. Yeah, yes. Basically. Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. They could really take that in an unhealthy direction. But like my one sister did in a healthy way with me was she saw me raising my kids, as we talked about recently in yeah. a different episode, differently in terms of the way I was letting the babies get different foods on their faces. And she said, this is so good. I can't reach outside of myself to do this. And she raised a four daughter who also very much values neat and order, but so did I. But then again, my husband's a one. I don't know if fours come from one sometimes more, but I think that, you know, the hope is that we'll have a well-rounded society and not everybody will be a mini me. And that's really important because we all have individual gifts, but we work better as a team when there's a bunch of different types going around. Absolutely. So I think that's really cool that you ones are blessing us so much with your hard work as a parent. I know you care deeply about your kids. Just make sure you own your anger because they see it and they feel it even when you don't. And my husband's been able to do a really good job of that over the years as he's growing. You never stop growing if you're an intentional adult. And I've loved seeing him even say to our kids, you know, guys, I was angry and I'm sorry. I just got frustrated. And I think it's been really healing for him because I don't think he thought he was able to say that. But after he learned he was a one a few years ago, those conversations started to enter our parenting and they got so much closer and happier and healthier to be able to say, wow, dad, because you're so strong and we hold you up so high. But for you to be vulnerable with us is really beautiful and we can all relax now because we know dad is even safer than we knew because we knew he was good but we didn't always know if he was safe so knowing he's safe because he's owning his strong emotions and we've said men are only really allowed in this culture to have anger and lust you know for him to say as a parent and all you ones to say i get upset 
then your kids can be a really cool place to accept you and love you, whereas you may not have felt that acceptance before. So it's a beautiful chemistry and dynamic to be able to do your work and let your kids be there to hold it with you in space and say, my parents aren't perfect, but they love me and they're in growth. So moving on to twos, twos as parents, as you can imagine, are very loving and often very busy and well-connected in the community. They're often with kids who they are making sure are well-rounded and their kids know that they're loved. There's very few, if any, two kids that I've ever met who say, I don't feel loved. I mean, it's like that's the two's gift. Their kids feel loved. Once in a while, if a two is in a very seductive state and maybe an intimate tri-type or excuse me, subtype who's not as um, healthy, their kids will say, of course, to me, you know, my parent is out with a boyfriend and they sense their codependency issues and they say, I wish my mom knew better for herself. And I've seen a lot of even teen boys with a two as their mom. And they're so cute in the way that they're like, I just, I will beat up anyone who takes advantage of my mom. So it's like, that's so sweet and awesome. But we really don't want our kids to have to be in that spot of doing our work for us. And I think that's really important for twos to know that if you stop being so busy all the time and you start having a little more alone time and time in the morning with God and really asking what is mine to do today and really trying to say I'm worth more than just uh, what I am to others, then your sense of self will develop and your kids will feel safer for you because you just don't want your kids to worry over you. I know you don't. You like when they care, but you don't want them to have pathological worry or to feel like they have to take care of your stuff for you. So the last thing I'll say to them is because twos are busy doing, it's really important that they, um, they spend time emotionally with their kids because they do have a four component and they can go deep. So just make sure you go deep and have regular conversations versus being too busy for it. Because sometimes a two, a child of a two will look at me with those eyes that say, you know, my parent doesn't really spend time with me because we're always doing stuff. Yeah, I know a lot of parents that they would, you know, their kids were signed up for three different activities and all weekend they'd just be doing, doing, doing. And I'm like, you never really get to see your kids during the week because you're working a nine to five and, you know, they're in school and they don't get out till three and it's just mm -hmm. all of that. And I know that those kids are probably going to look back and some of them would even say it in the moment, like, you know, on Monday at school, you know, what'd you do over the weekend? We were just running around all weekend. You know, we just, we sat down to eat together, uh, you know, in between soccer games and that was it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that can be so upsetting. You know what I mean? Like looking mm -hmm. back, they're going to be like, yeah, we, we had fun. We were busy, but I don't feel like there was that deep connection there. And I think that would probably also be an issue with three parents because they love to do, and they love to have their hands and everything, mm -hmm. but it can go a little overboard. It can. And anybody in the codependency triad, the twos, threes, and fours can really be a little too far into their kids' worlds without realizing it because of their codependency tendencies. And yes, we can miss sometimes with our busyness as twos and threes what the, the emotional need is, but we can also push too hard and pursue too much into the kids' lives. And I've seen this even with adult clients whose adult two parents have pushed too hard and want to know every detail about their lives and want so much that they say, okay, my parent is overwhelming me and I need some space. And so that these adult kids have to learn how to set boundaries with the two parents. So why don't I just tell you guys now, do your own boundaries work as twos and understand when your kids grow up, they're going to have lives of their own and they're going to need you to really trust that they love you even if they don't connect every day or tell you their whole life schedule. Um, so that's an important learning growth for the two. And then moving 
getting into the three, um, I've been so blessed to have my nephews share with me over the years. And my sister's had her four kids over a huge span. So one is still five or six and the oldest is about 23. So, you know, I've been, you know, I have 18 nieces and nephews that I'm close to most of them. Oh my gosh, really? Yes. um, Not like to the point of daily talking, but we're deep. Oh, that's so close. sweet though. Like I have a four in my tri-type and I ache for them about things, all of them. And my siblings will tell me like, get out of my business, Aww. you know, because I'm like, oh, I love your kid. Can I just tell you? Aww. And they're just like, okay, like you're too much. That's so sweet though. But it is sweet because we do have such special bonds. And so I can say, and I know my sister would bless this because we talk about everything, but it's just that it's important that the three take time to make sure that they check in emotionally with their kids, like Olivia said. Just make sure you are not going to harsh truth-telling because here's the thing is you guys are preparing little adults and you know it and you're making sure these kids will be savvy, they will be on top of their game, and that you expect a lot out of them. And they need to because this world is a tough place. So there's a sense for my nephews that I'm like, you'll be fine. No matter what, you'll be okay because you have been so well prepared by your three parent and they will always have your back. But I also know that it's important where I can step in sometimes to say, hey, like the kids are telling me they are relating to me on this level, but are you relating on that level? And if my sister's in a vulnerable spot, she'll tell me. And if she's saying I need a little more of that because I've been too busy, she'll know I love her and it's for her best. And if she needs to tell me something, then I need to be at my best to hear it too because we're so close. But I do think that it's not just a family dynamic of her and I, it's all the threes I've known, you know, because their performance achieving angle, they don't want to pass on the same wound to their kids of am I only loved for my achievements. So they want to make sure that they are soft enough. And this is so important that your kids will tell you the truth. And that when they tell you their version of what they see as the truth, that you don't barrage them with your amazing skills for rhetoric and argumentation. So just make sure you listen for what's underneath your kids' arguments back to you. And don't let them mouth off to you because you're in the codependency triad. Sometimes they may take you way too far and you're like, hey, you don't realize, but they're taking me for a ride. I have to be a harsh truth teller. So I just want you to, you know, continue to be the amazing parent you are. Leave room for some emotions. As a four parent, I think you guys are in a great place of going deep with your kids. You're also great at when you're at your best offering beautiful structure, just like a one to the kids. And we didn't even talk about it that much with ones, but they really do. It's nice to have a structured home with order. And fours and ones aren't always perfectly clean, but they do have a sense of order. And there's a sense of energy to the one and to the four. They may not have quite the same energy as the one, but many of them do, especially if they're in health and doing their body work. So there's a sense of daily order. um, And because fours can go to victimization, their kids can actually head right there as well. So you want to make sure that your kids are empowered by you. Even if you feel like your life has had some difficulties because you've kind of gone to the mattresses with your spouse as a godfather term and you've, you know, lost big time and now you're mourning that and you're victimized or you're a single parent, um, it's important that you still hold out those ideals that are so beautiful for your kids and let them know they can do and achieve anything. And I think they all know that you're a very safe place. But where I think you guys can struggle as they get older is if you can't leave your your bitterness, if you can't leave your instinct for knowing when somebody is not a good person and you're 
ruminating on it for too long, then I think your kids can say, you're losing all the good here and you're focusing on all the bad and I'm trying to live my life and it's really hard to do that with you being such a pessimist. And I think that's a very lonely place for those kids. Wow. I love kids so much. I Like I, I said, I'm with them 24-7, yes. so they tell me all their stuff so and I love sweet. to share it here because... Four kids have a depth of their heart. You're not going to get out of that Mm -hmm. without a huge, deep heart. Mm -hmm. And my big brother being a four, and I'm close to all his kids, I grew up with a four. So I'm constantly reminded of the depths of life. And we text and talk all the time. So it's really, you know, something that makes us a better person when we're around our four people. But they just have to also realize let's live life and enjoy because they can do that. They're very good at their jobs and they're very athletic when they get into their body work. But they just have to remember, get there and maybe even tell your kids, remind me if it's been going on for too long that I can get out. And that's okay to ask our kids to be our teammates. You don't want to be codependent on your kids' fours, but you do want to make sure that you invite them into your space as they get older to say, you influence this family too. Are you picking up on anything with me? And they'll probably be like, yeah, I know you're in depths and you're in sorrows, but (laughs) I need my breakfast. Oh, that's so funny. I know. And um, also a fun little tip. So uh, yesterday I was taking your daughters and son to a little after school activity. Yes, and, I loved that. Thank and, you so much. <laughs> yes, it was it was so funny because I'm I'm asking them, you know, how was your weekend? And you guys went on a little getaway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, you know, how was it? And your four daughter said, Oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. Everything was like perfectly aesthetically pleasing and everything. And I thought it was so mm-hmm. hilarious that the first thing that she pointed out was <laughs> the beauty of the place. Yes. And then your nine daughter was like, Yeah, it was fun. You know, we had a lot of stuff to do. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, she totally missed like the beauty of it and then your other daughter was like it, all I could focus on was the beauty and her Instagram mm-hmm. reflected it I just thought it was so yes. funny so that's Aww. a little tidbit about you know if you do Thank have a you four for child that angle. you know like if you have a four child that you know enjoy that beauty yes. you know when Christmas time comes take them to somewhere like a, a beautifully decorated hotel for a little mm-hmm. you know treat or something or do things that would make them really feel special and appreciate those parts of their personality that are going to be unique enough to where they'd really like that um, niche type thing because oh, I know gosh. she enjoyed yes. that so much. Oh, I know. And she felt so loved. And fours just Aww. feel so loved when they're given some set-apart time. And they love their one-on-one dates. So as a four parent, that's a great avenue I'm glad you brought in because they might even love the one-on-one date yeah, too absolutely. where they say, oh, gosh, I'm a four parent. I know my brother does that with his daughters sometimes and definitely his son. So um, going on to fives as parents, you guys are very thoughtful about your children. You are very careful to make sure that they have all the experiences that you want for them and that they're well-rounded. I also like the way that you guys are taking a back seat to uh, knowing you don't have all the energy to just letting them try things out, live their life, and you're not going to be overly emotional. Nobody really calls fives to typically helicopter parents, although fives may still lay down the law and say, hey, I've got some certain morals I expect you to uphold. It's not done in a way that is gruesome. It's in a way that says, you're going to fall on your face sometimes, and I'm going to like watch you and know why you did it, and you're going to be okay. So I just love fives for that reason, that they are able to hold in tandem Um, you've got to grow up, you've got to get hurt, but I'm going to be here to help you through it. Sometimes it may be frustrating for kids of fives where they say, we want to do more than you can give us, but there's so many things you can do. And I know this being a seven who does a lot of five time, 
that you can go and rest at various places. My sister, Abby, the three would be cracking up for me to say that right now because she's like, you fell asleep at like a, I think it was like an arcade once, but like we're super loud. And like as a five, I think they could relate to like resting in places. I sleep constantly at the church that my kids take all their lessons at. And it's set up as a community center with leather couches. And I just will lay on one of the pillows and doze for a minute. And that's what I want to tell you guys as fives, because as your kids get older, I didn't really expect that would be that busy. But people always say, oh, the little years are so busy, but the older years are even busier. And so I just am that, you know, I've learned that I need a rest. I tried it out scientifically before and I did. I needed a rest. So how do you do that as a five? You take your rests and you get them and you take them in your car for two minutes or on the couch at church or in the arcade. So have some <laughs> fun with your rest. Don't let your kids not have life's experiences because you're afraid to step out and try things. I think that's really important that you say, I will have new energy tomorrow. I'm tired today. I'm exhausted. And that you also tell your kids, this is me. Today, my boundaries are that I need a whole day at home, and that's going to make me a better parent. I'm not going to be in eight mode constantly because in the bad way, they Mm -hmm. may be saying, now I'm nasty because I'm not rested at all. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's (laughs) definitely not not good. No. (laughs) Like hangry. (laughs) There can be a lot of yelling in a five home if they're not getting their needs met. So it's really important they get their replenishment, too. And then for sixes, I think you guys make amazing parents because you've thought of every possible troubleshooting for your kids. Right, Olivia? If you can imagine this. Oh, yeah. No, I. it's so funny. I think also sixes that have like a two or you know something like that in their tri-type I think they probably make great parents because they have like the equal you know they can pull from both Mm. feelings and Mm -hmm. that logical side that's like I want to keep you safe but I want you to have fun absolutely I think sixes are some of the most fun of all types of parents woohoo future kids get ready (laughs) yes you guys are gonna have a blast together they're gonna love how mom is so active and energized and also cautious when she needs to be and uh, they're gonna know your neuroticism too and say oh mom's just worrying we've got our oils you know don't worry yeah mom calm down get some release (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) get oil up and let's roll yeah they're gonna be a good you know like I said when you say let kids influence you there you go you know let them be part of the story and the journey of courage and i think they'll love seeing your courage come out in various spots where they're saying wow my mom is the bomb you know man i hope (laughs) oh they totally will they're gonna do that and i know you six parents out there just need to remember that your kids love you and adore you and they're going to be okay and i know that's the biggest issue is will they be okay and god has them and he has a plan for them and You know, there's a big wide world that's bigger than you and you can't control everything. So don't let yourself be the helicopter who hovers. Let them try things and let them experience failure and be there to help them grow. Because people, a lot of us, including myself, needed to learn. I, I felt like when I joined this field, maybe I'd have this advantage to the life stages. And maybe as a six, you feel that you would have advantages if you could prepare them for everything and you still have to go through your own seasons and stages. So just make sure you let them have all that time. And, you know, when it's time for them to do their parachute jump out of that helicopter, that you are supportive and you've given them every possible way of getting through it, but that it is their journey. As a seven, I think the journey is 
a fun one, of course, because you're excited about parenting and yet you go to one in stress. So you have to get through as a seven-year critical part of yourself. I had to really see that. It once in a while still comes out in a bad way um, with older kids, but it's pretty rare and that's a comfort I can personally give that, you know, my poor four daughter being first and some of you are now going, oh, I know why she's a four. Um, She had to deal with me when I was less with it as the oldest child. And that's where all of our oldest children have to, you know, watch us grow up a little bit more and try things out with them. And I just think I was, a lot of me was in one in those years. Well, and I think with parenting, obviously you don't really know what you're doing in the beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, so there is a lot of growth and that's where obviously a, a child doesn't doesn't understand grace as much, but Mm -hmm. grace really needs to be given on both sides because as you're kind of stepping into what is my parenting style, what is okay, what is not okay, Mm -hmm. you're going to be kind of testing the waters more with your first child than you would be with your second, third, fourth. You know what I mean? So I I think there is a lot of pressure placed on you as a first-time mom, Mm -hmm. and we really need to be like, okay, look, you can read all the books you want, listen to all the podcasts you want, and you still might not be prepared. Exactly. So, you know, and, and I know because you do have a six wing, I know that might have been even oh more difficult gosh. for I you. Read all the books. It yeah. Dr. Sears and Attachment Parenting, and it was already my master's degree and everything I learned about child development and psychology. Yeah. And it was, you know, at that time, the baby whisper and just, you know, oh there's my gosh, things yeah. for every season. And now there's different books. And, you know, in the old, old days, I've heard of Dr. Spock. It's like, you know, there's always somebody to tell you how to to parent in it with that first child, you you do it um, as best as you can. And then you titrate with the others because you don't have the same time and capacity because you have other kids and, and you're more relaxed. But I think that as a seven, you just, because of that critical space, you can hold, and the ideals that I've mentioned in previous episodes about how we have a relationship to four and one so strong. Um, and, and of course, going to five as well. It's like you have all these parts of you that want to process and research and you want to get organized and you want your kids to be ideal. And a lot of that is very tightly wound around control. And people don't think of a seven as that, but it can get bad. So it's really important that you guys recognize your kids are not going to be perfect. And especially with you as your anxious seven energy, they're not going to be able to do it on your anxious time frame unless you're getting some self-care because now you're all of a sudden bursting for them to do things perfectly when you haven't even given them prep time to do it. And you're just like, oh my gosh, everybody get ready in one second and I'm going to yell and scream at you if you're not. And so it's really important that you learn relaxation, breathing, that you learn grace for yourself and others. And um, I think that that's definitely my four side of me that has the ideals and wants that. So you guys might be getting some, if you're a four listening, some tips about like when you have ideals, your kids aren't always going to meet them exactly how you want. Or if you're one listening, they're not always going to do things perfectly. So just really embrace the mess. And my seven part of me is actually decent at doing that. When I can really stay in seven, I'm like, oh, this is fun. This is messy and this is good. And that's why I think my kids love that I'm a seven and they're excited about that. But if we were to go backwards and revisit some of the earliest days, you would see me, my husband, and my oldest daughter all on the floor crying. One day it was him too when I invited him in because <laughs> he oh was like, gosh. what's going on? You two are crying. And then he started crying. Oh no. Cry <laughs> fest. Cry fest because all of us were like being kind of just weird, but she probably got a lot of that from us. But yet you think, are people born with their gifts? And it's an interesting yeah. thing. I think she was. I think mm-hmm. the moment we had her, we burst into tears of that tragic four beauty coming into our lives. 
So I think it was her, but I also think it was some of it us going, okay, we have an ideal for you. So we just do our best with what we've got, right, guys? So eights are really amazing parents because of the energy we've talked about with eights, that they are going to give their kids all these experiences, and they're going to be so good at protecting them, and they're going to want to protect them from everything bad because they don't trust everybody. So it's really important that if you're an eight parent, and I coming from a child of an eight, I want to tell you, your kids won't tell you everything if they think you're going to take it too far. I know once my dad told me that he was going to break the arm of the boy uh, who brought me home late, who was a basketball player. Oh, And he's my like, gosh. I'm going to break his basketball hand that he got you home late. Oh, and it was just gosh. a friend and it yeah. was nothing more. And it was wrong of me to be a teen staying out past curfew. But um, of course, a 17, like, <laughs> oh, no biggie. Oh, you know, and he's fine. like, yeah, yeah, it is a biggie. Yeah. And I'm worried about you. And it was all good and protective. But it's just maybe that next time I went out with my friend from her house and we stayed the night and stayed out anyway. And it's like, yeah, you could try to troubleshoot for that as a six or an eight or something. Um, but teens are going to individuate. And so I just want to let eight parents know, like if you're too extreme with your uh, kind of decisions for how you're going to protect your family, they might rebel against you or find their own way around that. So you've just got to be really mindful of trying to read them emotionally because you can emotionally storm somebody and then they go right into their defense mechanism. So just remember that eight parents that we love that you are going to have our backs when we are hurting. And it feels amazing to know that you had that person in your life. And I say had because my eight parent is gone. But I felt a little bit like, oh, when he left, and we've talked about that as sisters, my sister and I, that you have an eight who has your back as a parent, and you always know you're covered. So we've tried to be that for each other, but I want to commend you guys for, it's a real feeling. It's not just the negative, it's the positive. We appreciate that you cover us eights. But um, at the end of his life, my dad said in front of his Bible study with me, I know I was too militant and military. Like I kind of ran my family like a drill sergeant and I feel bad about that now. And he said, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And at the same time, he said, I was just doing the best that I knew how. So that was a really beautiful moment for us. And all of the um, people in his Bible study, it's the same church I grew up in. Oh, wow. Yeah, he wasn't even a big part of it in those years, but he grew softer as an eight in the older years. And he said, um, I mean, what, what I liked about that time was all the parents, whenever I would attend his Bible study, and I live in a different state, so... It was fun to do this a few times a year to go to his Bible studies with him, and he was a teacher, so he was always very literature-based in it and going deep into history. But the group was uh, very blue-collar and different from him, but all of them, interestingly, had this—and he had run for office and things like that where he was like, okay, I am in this town with a lot of people who don't share a lot of my similar values, but yet they all had the same stage of life. All their kids were growing older, you know, forgetting them in some ways, and— and they were just like, oh, I got a call this week. And everybody's prayer requests were the same. They were parents that were older now saying we're in our 70s or 80s. And this is our prayer requests were all for their kids, including my dad. And they're like, oh, Don, we know you've been praying for your kids. So it was fun for me to see a personality type eight going full circle, to be vulnerable, to be real, to be authentic, to be able to say, here's what I did right. Here's what I did wrong. And he got us all through all those years. So there's a lot that you eights are doing great to protect your kids 
especially when you are trying to raise a three and a seven, especially, and a four and a one. But you know, the three and the seven, we gave a lot of trouble. Yeah, right? Oh my gosh. I bet you guys were like the little troublemakers. We were so wild. We were that out of control. So, I can't. Okay. Like, I'm sorry, guys. If you were sitting in front of her right now, you'd be like, I don't ever see you getting out of control. <laughs> well, You're so like refined. As but a that seven, is, it amazing. was never obvious. You know, it was just the five stuff kind of hidden. Oh, so funny. it was, you know, some, one time my parents came in my room and they thought I was sniffing glue because they must have known <laughs> that I was on the wrong path a little bit. Something had given it away. And it was like, I would never do that in a million years. That is but the it was funniest. like. But I remember thinking, you guys are totally on the wrong track, but I am doing a lot of other rebellious stuff. But this I would never do in a million years. That's you know, funny. so I felt bad. They were trying at that time. They were older parents. So mm-hmm. they were trying to figure out what is it? We've got our right. nose on something. Right. But my three sister would just do it pretty much blatantly in front of them <gasps> i mean a high crazy it's like crazy i could go into so many stories but i didn't ask her permission for the stories so right. i won't yeah, do we'll that, keep that but, under wraps. but yeah if you've got a three child then watch them closely and watch your seven too because they might do this under wraps but really it would be out of the reason of looking for something existentially looking for meaning as a seven whereas a three it might be just having fun so lots of stuff there nines i really want you guys to listen up that as parents i think your kids know that you feel their emotions. And I think that when I think of the quintessential parent, I think of a nine. I think of somebody who is able to be soft and also very chill and relaxed. And I can see my daughter already as a nine parent. And many of the nine clients that I have already just, you know, almost happily doing their laundry sometimes because a lot of nines have the one wing and like order. Um, But I really think that they also do need their voices um, with their kids because they put their kids' needs first, and that's right and good as a parent, but they still have to model self-care. So maybe if they could even do that from the perspective of, I know others, like nines are like, I think others are better than me, but like, okay, but if you think your kids are better than you and you want to consider their needs first, consider that they're going to need to have a healthy adult model of self-care. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, you are always their model. So if you want them doing something, you have to step up and do it first. Yeah, exactly. And you do want that for your kids because I know you don't want them to not be seen and heard. So you want them to have their voice out there. You want your voice to be out there. And with them as parents, you know, you guys can get very loud. And that's good because we need to listen when you finally do get loud. But if you're more frequent with saying things that need to be said on a regular everyday basis and you stay awake and do your body work, then I don't think you're going to need to be as loud on an occasional basis. So just make sure you talk stuff out with your kids. You guys are so good at picking stuff up. So I think you'll be very savvy if your kids are doing anything sneaky. I think you'll be the one to say like, I've got you and I know what you've been up to. Oh, snap. Yes, I give you guys some credit. So maybe my mom wasn't a nine <laughs> because I maybe got away not. with so much. <laughs> oh but my anyway, gosh. Very loving. So maybe two. Aww. But anyway, we just love you guys. And I hope this has blessed you. And we may do an episode sometime. You let us know your thoughts about lightly typing kids. So you can tell us if you want to hear more about parenting and Enneagram on this marriage podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you are not already following us, you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Stitcher. So we'll look forward to seeing you guys soon. Bye.